I will give the LA Kings fans lots of credit. Mm-hmm. They have stepped their game up in the last even five Step years. They they were legit fans. Like yeah. you could feel the passion. I mean, uh, Brent and myself and friends of the show, Tommy Bechtold, Matt Manser, and Dan Bannis, who has not been on the show, but the other two have. Mm-hmm. We all went out to see the Detroit Red Wings play at the LA Kings at Staples Center this past week. We kind, did. Kind of awesome. It was pretty fun. Now, was that your first hockey game you've ever been to? No. Oh, you so you've been to other hockey games? Yeah, I've before. been to a bunch of Kings games. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. <laughs> I know for Tommy Bechtold, it was the first hockey game he'd ever been to. And it was a good experience. You know, it started off like they scored a goal right as we were walking in. It happened so fast. As we're walking to our seats, they score the first goal of the entire game. It's like, what the heck? But then the Red Wings push back with two goals of their own. And then the Kings win four to two. <laughs> yeah, it was a fun game, though. It was entertaining. It was, it was very entertaining. I was very entertained by the LA Kings fans, though. I, I got to say again, like, yes, they were insulting and belittling Red Wings the entire game. But isn't that kind of the, the whole culture of hockey? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Yeah. Like, I had gone to a game um, about three years ago, and Red Wings fans dominated the arena with Let's Go Red Wings chants and just, like, lots and lots of just screaming and shouting. I think somebody threw an octopus on the ice in the third period. Like, Red Wings fans took over Staples Center. That was not the case here. And it used to be, like, I think, I thought Staples Center, like, Kings fans used to be a little crazier, like, they were closer to Dodger fans before. You know what I mean? I thought they were pretty close to Dodger fans here. Yeah. You don't think I'm so? Not, well, nobody got beat up in the... You know, okay, nobody got beat up in the parking lot, but that's because it's a safer environment at like, LA Live. It used to be that you would walk out of the stadium, it'd be more, you'd feel more dangerous than if you were drinking Flint, Michigan tap water. Am I right? I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you couldn't pay me to drink Flint, Michigan oh, yellow tap goodness. water. What is, go- what is going on with your state, right? Side note. Side note, uh, yes. The Lions had a losing season. The Tigers are a dumpster fire. The Red Wings lost on Monday. I'm just talking about and Flint, the tap water's water. yellow and filled with lead. Yeah, it's wow. it's it's a rough time to be Michigan. That's all I'm trying to say. Hey, Pistons are doing okay, so we got that. Yeah, and actually, the Red Wings are doing okay too this they're year. They're good too, uh, but just no, not as about, good as the Kings. How about have you ever heard before at a stadium? Yeah, have you ever heard before at a stadium where they just insulted the fans directly, like on mass? Because in the, over and over again during the game, you'd have one really loud fan from the Kings scream, "Hey, Red Wings fans!" And then all of the crowd would be like. You, you suck. suck. Hey, Red Wings fans, you, you suck. suck. And it just kept happening. And every time the Red Wings fans try to get a Let's Go Red Wings chant going. Got shut down. By like half the stadium would just start booing. Well, that's the sign, of, noise. That's the sign of you having a good fan base then is that yes. they, they recognize the other team trying to take over your home arena. And, and, you, like, and you shut them no. down. Because Although you, there were still a lot of Red Wings fans there. there were, but that's to more to my point. There were a ton of Red Wings fans there, but they got shut the bleep down. Good job, Kings fans. All I'm saying, I walked out of there with shut newfound, it down. I came out with newfound respect for they the Gordon LA Kings. Ramsey. You guys, they shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. Shut it down. You Nimrods. <laughs> He's never said Nimrods ever. I'm sure he said it once ever. Nincompoops. No. Silly nannies. No. You dumpster fires. No. Hey, everybody. You have made it to episode 121 of Raisin Brent, and I'm Ray. And I'm Brent. And you sound sad right there. What happened? I was choking. You were choking <laughs> in the middle of this, my sentence. Yes. I can't. It's like I can't even pimp you out anymore and make you I do know. stuff. I was choking, and I was like, Raisin Brent. I'm Brent. Well, well you're, are you okay to continue the show? Yes. Well, that's too bad. <laughs> so anyway, welcome back to Ray's monologue. Brent's over there asphyxiating in his chair. Oh, wait. We got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about, and it's almost entirely football this week, Brent. So much NFL football stuff going on. We got to talk about the NFL playoffs. We've got the head coaching carousel seems to be coming to an end. I want to talk about the next NBC Live play. You want to talk about after the whiz? Yeah. Hairspray. Are they doing hairspray? So who is our dream cast for hairspray? <laughs> Let's not talk about that even a little bit. That would be great. But Rebel Wilson, obviously, right? Obviously. Thank you. <laughs> We've also got to talk about the Rams moving to L.A. Like, it's just, guys, strap in for this NFL show because we're at the time when, like, NBA is not really happening. We've just done our hockey talk for the day. If you don't like football or if you think Ray's funny, just turn the show off right now because. If, wait, that would be, if you think I'm funny, you should turn it off right now? Yeah, because they, they, they've got bigger problems than listening to this show. <laughs> because you need help. 
and we'd like Thank you'd you. rather go see it yes. than listen to this podcast Please anymore. Seek help. You're not alone. Well, you probably are alone if you think Ray's funny. How dare you? (laughs) In any case, we have NFL to talk about, NFL to talk about, and we do still, we're going to find some pop culture stuff. Maybe we'll do a Fallout 4 wrap up at the end of the show. Oh, that's cool. You finally got all the achievements? Uh, Close. Oh, but no. Then not. Oh, all right. Well, let's go ahead and talk about NFL then after three seconds of David Bowie. You remind me of the baby. Baby with the power. NFL playoffs week one has just happened. It has wrapped up. Well, it didn't just happen. It happened a few days ago. Yeah, I feel like I'm, my voice is already recovered, so it's, it's, That's good. it's a few days ago. It's How bad. are you cheering that much? I guess you had a lot to cheer for, huh? <laughs> so we'll start up with Kansas City Chiefs. Your Kansas City Chiefs, Brent, mm-hmm. goes to the Houston Texans. Yeah. 30 to nothing. Yeah, we handed their butts to them. Yeah, I mean, uh, here's the deal. I thought Houston Texans might have a chance in that game. I really didn't take into account the Brian Hoyer factor. Well, if you go into that game, Brian Hoyer had 19 touchdowns and seven interceptions, and Alex Smith only had, also had 19 touchdowns and seven interceptions. And so they they're both, basically the same guy. Well, their stats One played an that. entire season and one didn't. Well, so that means he would have had even more uh, touchdowns and interceptions. So I would just say it's the the Chiefs defense kind of owns him. Well, you'd have to say. I mean, the Chiefs' game plan on offense was to just run away from JJ Watt every single play, often unblocked, which is the smart thing to do, and it worked. Yeah. The other plan was to just uh, apply pressure on Brian Hoyer and wait for him to Cleveland Brown up. Yep. And he what two fumbles? You said four yep. interceptions. Yeah. And that all amounts to how do you never pull him out of the game? Um, DeAndre Hopkins would like to know that as well, because if in case you guys missed it, at halftime of the playoff game, walking off the field on live television, you could see DeAndre Hopkins say, get him out the mother effing game. Now, are you sure that was uh, because the only reason I question that is he was arguing about some of the the, the Chiefs uh, secondary, like, you know hitting late and stuff like that or whatever. So I don't know if he was talking to them, but he was trying to get one of the Chiefs kicked out of the game. But he was talking to his own sideline as he was coming off. That's the only, Had he been talking to somebody else, okay. maybe? Had he been talking to a ref, maybe? But he was talking, looking right at his own head coach, coming off the field after, like, whatever, an interception, third down or whatever, uh, the end of the end of the half, and get him out the mother effing game. Coach did not listen to his best player, gets shut out. Thank you. So the Houston Texans really didn't belong in the playoffs, right? Well, they won their division, I guess. I mean, somebody had to. Yeah. <laughs> Nine and seven. I guess you give them some credit, but that was clearly an Ulceran team. That is not a team that was ready to go. Your Kansas City Chiefs moving on. Is Jeremy Macklin going to play on Sunday? If he does, he's going to be limited, I think. So maybe just like one of those uh, fake targets? Maybe. A little decoy action going on? Yeah. T- tell me about your thoughts about the Houston Texans fan base. Oh, they're trash. Yeah. You've said this to me many times off air, but I thought maybe you'd like a chance to expound upon your feelings. Well, talking about these because it goes back to Matt Schaub's family getting harassed in person. Yeah. And now you've got Brian Hoyer. Somebody wished that he was uh, dead in 9-11 on Twitter after the game. Well, not just that. That's rough. I mean, look, that's 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 also random people on online that are faceless people. There also was their crowd. They were only down 13 nothing at halftime. And they booed them off the field. They did boo them off the field. But I mean, that was following a one fumble, like four turnover, three interceptions, half. They should be like, wow, we're still in this game. It's only 13 And they still had a chance. That's the saddest yeah. part. If they would have pulled Brian Hoyer from the game, maybe. Yeah. And let Brandon Whedon, other Cleveland quarterback, let come that, in and get it done. Let's, let that savior Brandon Whedon in the game. I mean, we all know Brandon Whedon as the comeback kid. As in, he came back to football after eight years away and being 29 years old to get drafted in the first round by the right. Cleveland Browns. Yikes. Oh, boy. So, you got to be feeling good. How many years was it for Kansas City? I think it was 22 years. 22 years, and you finally got your yeah. win. I mean, you don't take anything away from a win, so there it is. You got it. Yeah, especially, you know, it's not like they they did one of the, a couple of the other games where they, like, kind of lucked into it at the end of the game. You mean, like, Pittsburgh and or Seattle or both? Correct. <laughs> we'll say that right there. So, But any other thoughts on the Houston fan base? I mean, I just I just think they're kind of the, – I don't, I don't know what the deal is with that. I for Coming from the Chiefs as a Chiefs fan, I don't think the Chiefs would ever boo them off the field especially when the game's still in doubt, you know. Lions fans have booed the Lions off the field at halftime of many a game, especially over the last 10, 15, 20 years. But generally speaking, it's just because they've come out with poor effort, you know, lackluster uh, uh, performance, and it just doesn't – nobody's hustling out there. I mean, there. it's the playoffs. There's, we there's, boo there's, effort. There's a time to be optimistic and try to, you know, give your team a boost, you know. Maybe they should have the been playoffs. chanting like a, a bench hoyer. Hey, Chiefs fans, you, you suck. suck. <laughs> Maybe they should have done that. Maybe that would have inspired. That's right. But probably not. 
Not the way, not the way both of those teams were playing on that day. So, okay, speaking of games where teams lucked out, Pittsburgh beat Cincinnati 18 to 16. Absolutely nothing happens in the first three quarters of this game. The second game of the day, I was convinced was going to be as boring as the Kansas City Chiefs versus mm-hmm. Houston Texans game was. And then we got about two games worth of excitement in one quarter of play. Yeah. I mean, the, the Cincinnati Bengals had this game won dead to rights. They finally had exercised the playoff demons with A.J. McCarron at the helm. Yeah, I guess they kind of took turns blowing the game, though, you know, because Pittsburgh definitely dominated the first almost three quarters, maybe a little more than three. It was 15 nothing going into the fourth quarter, and you're absolutely and right about raining. that. it's raining really hard. It's raining really hard, but as soon as Ben Roethlisberger got hit, gets knocked out of the game, gets yeah. pulled down in his shoulder, Vontez perfect. He would have been the MVP of the entire game if not for what happened with 30 seconds to go. Uh, so then what happens is Ben gets pulled out of the game. Cleveland fans, Ohio fans, shame on you. These are Buckeye fans throwing beer cans at Ben Roethlisberger as he's getting carted off the field. Well, to be that fair, that is classless. To be fair, Ben drank a couple of them. No, uh, well, it hurt. He needed something for yeah. the pain. <laughs> they, he doesn't want to do any of those uh, painkillers or whatever. You got to get the beer down your gullet. So uh, they pull him off the field. Cincinnati gets inspired, throws 10 points on the board right away. It's 15 to 10. Landry Jones is absolute garbage out there. Just oh, can't yeah. get anything done yeah. at all. And then finally, he throws. Uh, um, A.J. Green catches a, a touchdown play with an impressive man-like effort. They take the lead 16-15. to 15. You think Landry Jones has one more chance at it. Ben, you know, report from the sideline. Ben, out of the game. Landry Jones throws an interception to who? Vontez Perfect. Perfect, who looked like he literally, from a fan's perspective, he intercepted the ball. He got tackled. It looked like he Bo Jackson it and just took off, yeah. to, off the field, getting into a taxi and drove to Vegas. Yeah, they just ran off the field. Uh the wrong way. Don't, the wrong way. Don't worry yeah. about that. Ran into the Pittsburgh locker room. Probably to, to hit somebody, I would assume, the way Vontez Perfect plays. But he's a monster on the field at this point. He's just playing in every single play. And then all they have to do was like a minute and a half to go. Like a minute 40 left, something like all that. All they have to do is just take three knees. Just run the ball. But Jeremy Hill goes for that extra yard. Fumbles the ball. Fumbles the ball. You'll hear that what later. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? I sell fumbles and fumble products. I sell fumbles. And fumble product. Bad job, Jeremy Hill. He fumbles it back to the nine. Ben Roethlisberger, can we just call him a hero? Well, Can we they, call him a freaking they, god? They, the thing is, they still brought in Landry Jones to start that drive again. And they put Ben Roethlisberger in in the middle of that drive. And they were like, nope. But still, Bring in with ben. all that, Pittsburgh had to use their last timeout. They had to dink and dunk. They still had two timeouts to go. They dink and dunk down the field, and they're basically not making any headway. Mm-hmm. They're getting maybe five yards of play and using way too much clock. Yep, they're down the 47-yard line with 22 seconds left. 22 seconds left, no timeouts to go. Yep. Ben Roethlisberger, whose shoulder is essentially falling off by the ligaments, throws the worst pass ever. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> high, too far leading him, no chance to be caught. Not a spiral. And your boy. Vontez perfect. perfect. Headhunts inexplicably with what, 18 seconds to go? He headhunts. How do you possibly make that ju- judgment call in the moment? I think he had plenty of time to get out of the way, right? I mean, no, no, no. This was a projected thing. It was clear the ball was past him. And then that split moment, he's like, if I use my shoulder against his face, mm-hmm. it won't be a penalty. Right. Yes, it will, Vontez. That's exactly what a headhunting penalty is, is. Why do you even take that chance? Because you don't even know. Let's say you aim with your shoulder, and all of a sudden Antonio Brown's head comes right into your helmet, and then it's a penalty, right? Inexplicable. I mean, here's a guy that has been playing. He was very, very successful I all said, game, played reckless all game long. I said the same thing when we were talking about the Detroit Lions, the fail Mary, the Hail Mary at the, with Aaron Rodgers right before yep. that. Yep. Why don't bad, you just corral him? Yeah, bad call on, on the face mask, but... Why are you close to a face mask? Bad decision, Devin Taylor, just reaching out out right? of control Same to thing. reach for him. Yes. Use better decisions. And then, and then, but then, so then that puts them down at the 32 yard line. Uh, 35 yard line. No, it was, it was 32. They were at the 47, what, put them okay. at the 32. There you go. 32 uh, yard line, excuse and me. Which would have made it like a 49 yard field goal. It, but in those conditions, very unmakeable. Very, very tough. Very and unmakeable. Then, and then as they're tending to Antonio Brown. Joey Porter, coach now, well, Joey look, Porter. And if you look at the, the overhead view, there were tons of people on the field. Yes. Okay? People, when there is an injury on the field, anybody, training staff, coaches, players, everybody's essentially welcome on the field. That is absolutely true. But Joey Porter, coach for the Steelers, comes over and starts talking smack to the Bengals huddle. Yeah. Well, he's he's nowhere near where Antonio I mean, Brown is. What is Shouldn't the only, be on the field. What is the only thing Joey Porter's trying to do? Start poop. Start no, start poop with what result? 
to get the Another Bengals penalty? fired up. Thank- yeah. But the thing is, realistically, and had the referee been paying attention five seconds earlier, mm-hmm. he could have very easily flagged Joey Porter yeah. for a... Uh, uh, conduct detrimental to the team or what have you. But so, and so Joey Porter in that moment could have gone from a 49 yard potential field goal to knocking them out of field goal range yeah. again and be, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, conflicting penalties right. that cancel each other out. And Joey Porter at the end of that game would have been like der- derailed. Mm-hmm. He would have been derided hard by Pittsburgh media correctly. But instead, Adam Jones, Pac-Man, we can call him Pac-Man again, right? Yeah, because of how he behaved. Yeah. Gets himself a 15-yard penalty for what? Did he shove an official? I'm still not even clear what I'm he did. I'm not sure. I guess he tried, He went kind of through an official to try to get to Joey Porter. but You, you don't make contact with an official. Why? They you, throw the flag every time. You have time. them by the short hairs, Ray, still. Even the 49-yard field goal is still going to be really tough, right? I'd like to do a quick impression right now of what should have been, okay? I'll be Pac-Man Jones, and you be Joey Porter in that moment, okay? Go ahead and just start. I'm hey, in the huddle. you guys suck. Huh? Look at you. You're about to blow the game. You suck. Oh, Joey, you probably should get off the field. We're about to start winning this game right now. So if it's cool, just go ahead and get out of here. Oh, my tactic didn't work. And (laughs) And scene. scene. And that's all you had to do, Pac-Man Jones. You don't have to grab an official and shove him to get at a coach who shouldn't be there who you don't have to deal with. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't care if he questioned your manhood. I don't care if he used a slur against you, although he probably shouldn't have. Got bigger fish to fry. You are you are a professional football player with 18 seconds to the first Bengals playoff victory in a very very long time. Thank you. You can't act the fool and do something that costs your team. And what? It, and it, now with that eighth loss in a row, they are now act tied with the second with the, for the longest active streak in NFL history. Yep. And with some other loser franchise. I don't know. I know what team it is, so you don't need to say that. Uh, the only it? other team, the Detroit Lions, oh. who have the most... Yes, we have just as many losses as the Bengals do. They go back a couple more years than we do, though. We have won a playoff game more recently than the Bengals have. Wow. So at least we got that tie, going for us. with the Bengals. Yeah. You well, guys are kind of the same team, then. Well, to be fair, we're at a point right now where I'm just happy to make the playoffs. That's true. I'm not going 12-4, and four, being a three-seed and blowing it if I'm the if I'm the owner of the Bengals, I fire Marvin Lewis, I cut Pac-Man Jones, and I probably keep Vontez Burfitt because he was a machine up until that one bad decision. Yeah. What do you do? I mean, do you not do the same thing? I I think I think you need a new head coach. Yeah, but they've already said they're not going to. Yeah, probably. Not. Adam Jones is probably gone. This is he's a free agent after the season's over. I don't Burfitt. see how you can bring him back. Vontez Burfitt was the reason they were had a sixteen to fifteen lead in that game. Well, he's already suspended for the first three games, and season. he is also suspended <laughs> the first three games. Uh, correctly so. This is not just from a one game occurrence. This is from him absolutely having a pattern of behavior, as they said with Indomitian Sue. So uh, a bad job. Pac Man Jones probably out of the league now, right? Who else is going to take this guy? The Raiders? I, I don't know. The Raiders? I don't know. The Cowboys? I don't know. I don't know what team it takes a chance on him. But Probably the Lions. Uh, no. We do know. We, uh, Jim Caldwell. Here's the deal. Not if Jim Caldwell's the coach. Oh, well, so then. So probably, maybe the Lions. the Lions. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Seattle beats Minnesota 10-9 to in one of the, again, a painful game to watch with a very compelling final 30 seconds. As Minnesota blows the lead, gives it up, Adrian Peterson fumbles, allowing for um, uh, Seattle. Neither team had, both teams, I think, had like uh, 183 to like uh, 233 in offense. It was 50-yard difference between the two. Neither team was very successful on offense today, well, obviously. It was, it was, it was 10 to 9. Yeah. It, was very, it was the third coldest game in NFL history. How do you feel for Blair Walsh? Gets all three field goals. Gets down 27-yarder to win it with 14 seconds to go. Laces were in. Blows. Like, wasn't even close. We're not even talking like a near miss. This was one of the worst kicks I've seen since Mike Vanderjack. Bad weather conditions. Yes. And the holder is wearing gloves, so he can't spin the ball. So that's been a problem. That's what I've heard, yes. Okay. Why do you get the ball on the left hash mark? Why do you not make sure? Take a play. Take a play where you just run it right up the middle. You put it right in the middle of the field. Because even though he did miss that thing wide left, if if it had been centered and he made the same kick, it's, it's good. Possibly. I'm just saying, why make it hard on him? Why make him... Do one where he has to kind of kick it that way instead of just kicking it straight. And not just that, he's got to kick it off to the right when Richard Sherman has almost blocked one from that yeah. very spot. So he's got to kick it in the direction of where Richard Sherman's coming from. That has to play into his mind. Right. And the laces were in. The laces were in. 
We cannot blame Blair Walsh for this at all. I'm sorry, guys. Vikings fans, you probably want to blame Blair Walsh. He had every single one of your points up to that point. He made a 47 and a 42-yarder, and the 42-yarder, the laces were also in. Yeah, the the laces were in the wrong place, and they didn't have it set down the middle. I mean, look, he should have still made it, but... They you, didn't help him at all. You know who you should be blaming for that loss. You should be blaming MVP of the Vikings, Adrian Peterson, 100%. Not only did he have the crucial fumble, one of the worst fumbles I've seen since Jeremy Hill the day before, but he also rushed 23 times for 45 yards. You want to know why you lost that game, Vikings fans? It's not because your kicker missed a 27-yarder, although that's the obvious final occurrence. It's because your MVP running back bleeping sucked in that game. Yeah, it was terrible that, you know, Teddy Bridgewater had a great drive to get them down there, too. It was it was one of the most fun, interesting, uh, well-played drives, probably the entire game. Uh, I mean, you can't even say the, Vi- uh, the the Seahawks won drive for a touchdown because that was a 50-yard fluke play where the ball flies over Russell Wilson's head, 20 yards. He picks it up. Nobody covers Tyler Lockett because like, it was like peewee football. Everybody ran towards the football. And nobody covered Tyler Lockett. He just turns around, spins, throws. The Seattle Seahawks fans are walking with angels, right? Well, and that's one of those plays, too. If it's most quarterbacks are just going to dive on that ball, they're not and gonna, they're going to fall. They're not going to slide and pick it up and pop up and make a great play. Give Russ. That was baseball right there, right? Yeah, that's a baseball it, play. Yeah, it looked like a <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, somebody up the middle dive, pop up. I'm, thinking, to get the guy I'm thinking of a shortstop deep in the hole. Yep, that's what Slides I'm to pick. Yeah, Slides, that's yeah. and Russell Wilson, you know, baseball guy. Uh, yeah. But Seahawks fans walk with angels. I'm getting a little sick of these guys. They're all very, very bandwagony. They're all people that you've never heard of before being Seahawks fans until three years ago. And yet every improbable, crazy thing that happens for the Seahawks to win keeps happening. It does seem like that, doesn't it? <laughs> I was tweeting uh, uh, right after the game as a Lions fan on Monday Night Football against the Ravens. Dude hits a career record 60 yard field goal to beat us Seahawks win a playoff game when a guy bricks a 27 yarder after making three already yeah. like it's it's inexplicable to me how Seahawks fans could be this fortunate and frankly a little bit upsetting <laughs> yeah I mean they didn't deserve to win that game probably not even a little bit but uh bad job Minnesota bad job Adrian Peterson and sorry bad job Blair Walsh but I still I still got your back buddy and then the Green Bay Packers go into the Washington football team and when it was 11 nothing Washington after the first quarter did you think it was over and that the Redskins were going to bury him um, I did. No, I'll tell you why. <clears throat> and we talked about this. You were you were working, and I was I was uh, we were texting back and forth a little. You're bit. giving me some heads up. Yeah. The thing is, it was one of those games where Washington could have kind of put it away. Yes. They could have been up like sixteen nothing and made it really really hard. And they did a silly thing where like, well, not silly, but uh, Deshaun Jackson like didn't didn't have the ball in the right hand get in the, so then they end up at the half yard line instead of scoring touchdown and then they get stopped on they get stoned on three straight plays that's so momentum they, they give up four points and then they uh had another and then they missed an extra point after they after they scored a touchdown later it was, it was just seemed like they're giving Aaron Rodgers too many opportunities to sure. stay in the game sure i mean but when you open up right there when you open up with a sack in the end zone on Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. two points and then you get a then you get a field goal. That was the stop in the Deshaun Jackson play for yep. five. And then you get a then you get a touchdown, but you miss the extra point. Yeah. Boy, it feels like you're leaving a lot on the table at that point. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And Green Bay's offense picked a weird moment. Like, let's face it, of all the teams, of all the uh teams that played, all eight teams that we're talking about here, the absolute worst defense of the eight is the Washington Redskins. Am I wrong? Mm. They're below average off a uh, defense. Okay. Kirk Cousins throwing four touchdowns and 300 I mean, Pitts- yards a Pittsburgh's game. Pittsburgh's got a really bad rush defense. But. but but they were able to stop Cincinnati for three quarters, yeah. and that offense is pretty yeah. good. Yeah. So I, I, I got to give them some credit. But it just felt like the Redskins' defense, like they've been kind of like uh, getting by for week after week yeah. after week, well, especially the second yeah. half of the season. They weren't able to get by against Green Bay, and suddenly the struggling Green Bay offense finds itself inexplicably yeah. and just blows the doors off of them, putting 35 on the board. Well, and I hate to say this because we talked about it but we did talk about it, uh, I believe, last week. Yeah. I kind of said that, you know, you said they've won. They they were really good in the second half of the season. They didn't play anybody. It helps. You know? Look, my team and your team didn't play anybody really in the second half of the season either, and we were both very successful. That's true. Sometimes that's all it takes is put the record yeah. in front of us, you know? Uh, you're not going to apologize for victory now. No, I'm just saying they didn't. They didn't play anybody like. I mean, at least Kansas City played Denver. At least you guys played some. You we played beat Green Bay in Green Bay. Yeah, exactly. Who just won a playoff game? 
So, I mean, but yeah, you're right. Washington didn't play anybody, but let's face it. Most of those teams that weren't anybody were in their own division and right. directly competing with them for the N- NFC East Championship. So. I'm just saying, I wasn't that surprised. I mean, uh, the odds makers seemed like they... The, once the the skins were favored, that they start going back towards Green Bay, they actually that's thought the, Green Bay was going to win too. That's where the uh, the steam was going. Everybody's if, betting Green Bay. And if you go with you know who the best quarterback is, he's still a better quarterback historically than Kirk Cousins. Uh, in the second half of the season, it's not even arguable. Kirk Cousins was a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. But if you want to take five years of yeah. play into consideration or a career, if you will, yes, I will take Aaron Rodgers over Kirk Cousins every day. And I don't even like Aaron Rodgers. Kirk, I'm just realistic. And, you know, Kirk Cousins, he had like the highest, I think it was like the highest percentage ever at home or something mm-hmm. like that, 74.9%. good. He didn't have that on, on Sunday. No, he did not. No. Uh, would you say for the record that Kirk Cousins didn't like that? He didn't like that. You know what? And that's the thing, too, about having a catchphrase like you like that. As soon as you lose, you know it's getting thrown in your face. Well, sure. Tim Tebow, when he gets sacked, people doing the prayer thing. When Aaron Rodgers gets sacked, people doing the discount double-check dance. Cam Newton, people hit him. They're going to do the Superman thing. If you have a discernible quality about you, you know when when Matt Stafford gets sacked, that's when you see a normal sack dance. When Carson Palmer gets sacked or Alex Smith, you see a normal sack dance. Right. But especially when it's something obnoxious like, you like that? Well, the first time it happened, it was very organic. You give yeah. him, He was hyped up in the moment, and now that it's been trademarked, now it just feels cheap. Now it's just fake. And then like at the end of the game when, when Green Bay was uh, dominating them, you heard the Green Bay fans, you, you like, like that. that, you, you like, like that. that. Yeah, uh, that was. You know what, though? Good on him. Yeah. I mean, if I was a fan, a visiting fan of the oh, game, I'd be doing that, I'd be too. Doing that too. Uh, let's talk really quick about uh, upcoming games for this weekend. Uh, tell me who you think is going to win. Kansas City versus New England Patriots. There are so many question marks in this game. I really don't I know. wouldn't even want to bet it. Yeah, Not I, even a little bit. I guess if I bet it, I'd bet Kansas City because the spread is five, and I, yeah, feel five like I feel like it's going to be a close game. Uh, it, I could, but couldn't you see it as a close game, and couldn't you also see it not as a close game? Yeah, I could see, I could see New England winning by three touchdowns. I could see Kansas City winning by three touchdowns. It looks really dark for New England right now. You've got Chandler Jones in the weird situation that's happening off the field with him. Mm-hmm. You've got Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski both with like massive leg injuries, which could potentially like limit them. But what happens every single time the Patriots find themselves in this position? They win. Somehow. They come out and blow the doors oh, off of somebody. Well, and look, I can say the same thing about Kansas City as far as injuries. Jeremy Macklin's got that high ankle sprain. That looks you know, looking he, rough, he yeah. He can't be 100%. Uh, Justin Houston hasn't practiced all week. D. Ford's hurting right now. D. Ford's hurting. Tom Mahali's got a broken thumb still. <laughs> you you know, know I mean? and, he, and he wasn't even very good against the Texans, I don't think. He didn't really put up the well, big Well, no, numbers. he only played like, uh, Tom Mahali only played like 10 plays or something. And you're counting on him. Tom Brady, especially, you're counting on Tom Mahali. Well, yeah, I, I would hope so, yeah. So I, that's just what, but it's just so many like, it could happen that all these New England guys suddenly like are very well hampered how, and can't play well, how, and all the Kansas City guys yeah. are in. How, or how, how the other way around? How effective is Julian Edelman going to be? It seems like he's going to play, but he he's going to play for like seven weeks. That's true, and he might be a little sluggish off the game. I mean, is the timing going to be good? Is is, is he going to be able to cut? You know, I don't That's know. Is he going to play and then be like, oh man, I tweaked it already right away? I, who who knows? Too many question marks. Yeah. But doesn't that make the game even more compelling that yeah. way? It makes it interesting. And in the second game on Saturday, we've got Green Bay at Arizona. I give Green Bay maybe a 2% shot in this game. You know my feelings on the NFC right now at this point. Arizona is a cut above. They kicked their butts last time Uh, they played. Yeah, they should win that game. And they're at home. Seven-point favorite. I just, I just don't see it. I don't see a scenario where Arizona loses to Green Bay in that game. I just, I think Green Bay left it all in the field in, in D.C. How about they this? got their game of the year and now they're done. How about this? Carson Palmer knocked out in the first quarter. It would help, but even then, you'd have to. The way the Arizona Cardinals look last year, you got to knock two quarterbacks out in order for that to happen. Yeah, well, but but Arizona does have, you know, they don't have the honey badger anymore. That's it's true. That's that's, a that's the bit one off, thing, right? That's the one thing that maybe uh, 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 what Jones. Hap- what happened in their last can game? Get some something you can, open. You can say it was their last game. And they didn't care, but they got their butts stomped into the ground. They did, but I don't think I think that was preseason mode for Arizona. I really do. I, well, you and know we'll see on Saturday. Bruce Arians had said before the game, and he did. He's like, I'm going to play my starters the whole sure. game. And he did. And he did, but he didn't give them a game plan that was worth a darn. He gave them vanilla offense and a defense that just didn't care. I guess. And then yanked Carson Palmer uh out later than he should have, but he did yank him before yeah. the end of the game. So you'll see there. Uh, let's see. Seattle at Carolina. Carolina's only a one-point favorite in this game. The heat is on the Seattle Seahawks. I think Carolina handles them and handles them easily. I'll put it out there. I think Carolina's I head and shoulders above Seattle. I I know it's hard to pick against Seattle after the last two years and after last week. Yeah. Seattle shouldn't even mother bleep and be here. 
They shouldn't even and be here. And that's what makes me think Seattle's going to win. Is that right? They got lucky, and now they're going to play a really good game. Fair enough. I mean, I'm excited because that's the one game this weekend I'm actually going to get to sit down and enjoy and not have to watch, you know, on a, a delay packages and whatnot. I, yeah, I was a little concerned by that one game that Carolina lost towards the end of the season. When the they Atlanta game? Get, yeah. When the they only got, game they've lost all year? When they just year? got really shut down, and I feel like... They Seattle. lost. They lost by like one score. I mean, they didn't get shut down. I know, but down. that's a terrible defense. And Cam Newton only threw for like 140 yards. Or Fair something. enough. Yeah. So if 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 they can follow that game plan, what Atlanta did. The only thing I'll say about that is Carolina was on the road for that game, and they are not on the road here. I think if somebody's going to blow somebody out in that game, you think Seattle is? Carolina's going to blow somebody out. Oh, but okay. I, but yeah, I think, okay. But I think if it's a kind of a closer game, I kind of like Seattle. Fair enough. And we got Denver in the nightcap. Does Pittsburgh have any chance in this game at all? I, With theoretically no Antonio Brown, no Big Ben? If Big Ben, I mean, I can't imagine Big Ben's going to be able to throw the ball and challenge them downfield. And that Denver defense is tough. So I would say no. But it's also Peyton Manning in the cold. And we've well established that that's not a very good scenario right. for Peyton Manning. I think they're, I think they're just going to try to run the ball, though. Run I, the ball, throw screen passes. I see this as a very low-scoring game mm-hmm. that Denver gets up on by, like, 10 points or, you know, 13 points and just kind of sits on it and then ekes out, like, a 16-10 to 10 victory or something like that. I know who I'm cheering That's what it for. feels like to me. I'm cheering for Pittsburgh. cheering for Pittsburgh because you want that home field for the Well, and also I don't like Denver. Let me tell you right now, if Kansas City beats New England, I think Kansas City wins, goes to the Super Bowl, and that's a terrifying thing for me to say because I don't want that at all. <laughs> no part of he wants that. Here's hoping, right? Because Kansas City and the Super Bowl after the Royals win the World Series, let's just end the podcast now because <laughs> I won't be able to find you because you'll be up in a cloud somewhere yeah. where and I'll be miserable. Would that so if they went to the world if they go to the the Super Bowl, does that mean I just I won the podcast? Yes, you did. Okay. You've won Thank the you. podcast. Thank you. GG. <laughs> okay, guys, let's talk about everything else about NFL. We're gonna come back and do that with the coaches, the Rams, everything after three seconds of David Bowie. The NFL coaching carousel is nearing a completion. Mm-hmm. We had seven positions open. Six have so now far. been filled. Basically, six have been filled. One's still open. Mm-hmm. And there might be one still opening. We'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah. So uh, just, just talking about what's happened right here, the Cleveland Browns, what are the Cleveland Browns doing? They hire the Moneyball baseball mm-hmm. guys who don't know anything about football. They can't interview a new GM because the guy won't have player personnel control. So according to NFL rules, every team they ask to talk to a guy can block the move because it's a <laughs> lateral move. <laughs> Only the Cleveland Browns could make this happen. Yeah. Only the Cleveland Browns can make this happen. So in other words, now they have to hire like basically a scout to yeah. be their new GM or a guy who's completely out of football. Right. Good job, Cleveland. You, you're already <laughs> showing yourself the Cleveland. They hire Hugh Jackson, well-respected in the NFL, I, well, former coach of the Raiders. Hugh Jackson got the Raiders 8-8 eight and eight a few years ago. Didn't and he then, get blown out after one year, though? Yeah. 8-8 <laughs> eight and eight with the Raiders. You know what? Not their good, best record since not, the Super Bowl. Not good enough. Not good enough. 8-8. Hugh Jackson. Yeah, gets, Hugh then, Jackson's blown then, out. And then OC in Cincinnati where they've had like an explosive offense Very last successful. Yeah. Last five years, basically. I don't yeah. know if he's been there for all of it, but yeah. yeah. So Hugh Jackson, you know how I know Hugh Jackson is not a very good NFL head coach? Because he got signed by the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I almost feel well, bad for him because everybody's like hyping this guy. Everybody wants to be on his side. He got offered the Browns job, and he had to look it around. He maybe wanted the Giants job more. You have to figure. But he looked around and said, you know, I've got a bird in the hand. There's only 32 of these to exist. Well, I might as well just take the Cleveland too, job. He's, he's already in Ohio, so he knows how to recruit the Ohio play. Oh, wait. He's not a college coach. Oh, that's not how it works at all. <laughs> might be. Yeah. I, Hugh Jackson, by all accounts, is a likable guy, a good head coach, and probably will be there two years in Cleveland and get the axe. Didn't we, remember what we said when Mike Patton got I hired? Hope it, I hope it works out for Hugh Jackson because Mike Patton, I, I didn't ever get that hire, but I do like Hugh Jackson, You know, even though he's the Raiders coach. You like the Raiders coach. I, I like Newsflash, everybody. This is crazy. Brent admits to loving the Raiders. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He is a huge Raiders fan now. When they move to L.A., he's changing allegiances. Commitment to excellence. <laughs> Just win, baby. Just win, baby. Just win. Let's see. The um, Miami Dolphins hired one of two guys I, I pretty much guarantee to be hired, Adam oh, yeah. Gase. Adam Gase was going to get hired somewhere. Adam Gase was going to get hired somewhere. He was getting interviewed by basically every team for t- the second year in a row. It was only a matter of time, so he gets on with Miami. That's interesting because he's good with quarterbacks, and Ryan Tannehill is one of those guys who I feel is on the cusp. How do you feel about Tannehill? I like Tannehill. Um, Seems like a decent quarterback. Yeah. One of those top 12 guys. 
you know, you I definitely can build that, around it. I that he would have had a better season this season than he did. Last season, he had a great season. And this he season, did. it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, not so good. But Adam Gase has been brought in to do it because somebody was going to give him a chance. That team was the Miami Dolphins. Right. Uh, the, the New York Giants. This move is just bizarre. Is this bizarre, right? Ben McAdoo promoted from offensive coordinator to head coach, and they're keeping Steve Spagnola as defensive coordinator, who had one of the worst defenses, not only this year, when he was defensive uh, coordinator in New Orleans three years ago. That was one of the worst defenses in NFL history as well. This guy keeps hanging on, though. So what you're telling me in New York Giants is, oh, we were well, the coaching was great. It was Tom Coughlin holding us back. <laughs> it was Hall well, of Fame two-time Super Bowl coach Tom Coughlin. Once we boot him and keep everybody else, now we're good. It doesn't make sense to keep Spagnola. That you're right about that. Um, I think it makes total sense, kind of, to keep McAdoo around because Eli is getting kind of old too, and Eli doesn't want to learn. After how many years has he been in the system with Tom Coughlin? Long twelve you know years. I mean? So you really want him learning a new system? You don't. But at the same time, I, I mean, he's got. Like- what does Eli got? Maybe three years left. Probably, well, he's 35 right now, 30. He's probably got three or four years left, you figure. Yeah, I mean, not, Five if you push really it. Really not that many guys play past 38. Not not many of them play past 35, to And Peyton Manning's showing why. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> they shouldn't. Um, so it makes sense. He's he's going to be there probably till till Eli's retired? Until Eli's retired, unless they're really, really bad. But I don't know. But, you know the whole thing is weird. But Spagnola, I don't get that. Yeah. It's just, I guess, were they worried, like, the situation we'll talk about in a second with Tampa Bay, like, was they just worried somebody's going to hire this guy as their head coach? It might as well be us. Let's get Coughlin out early. I guess if something concerns me about it, it's that they don't let McAdoo make the decision. I mean, do you think McAdoo really wants to keep Spagnola as the defense coordinator? Wouldn't you want to come in if you're the head coach and get your stamp as unless uh, with a new guy? Unless they're friends and he believes in him. I, yes, well, and I that, don't. The results don't you know make what? sense. And, but and, and if that's the case, Ray, then they're already sunk. If that's what <laughs> it's you know what probably I mean? the case, yes. Um, uh, Philadelphia. Uh, let's go. Let's go do the Bucks. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, promotes Dirk Cutter from what quarterbacks coach <laughs> to uh, Off, yeah offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. But he's the quarterback guy. He's the guy they think Jameis Winston is going mm-hmm. to blossom under. And you remember the theory that I had, Ray. And you, know, you said a couple weeks ago that they were looking at Dirk Cutter the I said same they, way. They, fi- they fired Levy Smith because Dirk Cutter was going to get hired by somebody. I said, "Well, let's fire, let's fire Lovey. and then and then they had to pretend like they were hi- interviewing all these other guys. And then the last guy, the <laughs> very last guy in the door, oh Dirk Cutter, oh you're hired. Just go ahead and stay. We're good. We know you. Yeah, that's a little bit weird. I don't know anything about Dirk Cutter at all except for the fact that Tampa Bay's a young guy coming up, and Tampa Bay really believes in him. I know he had a pretty good offense when he was at uh, Arizona State. That's the only other thing I really know about him. But I guess Lovey Smith, uh, after two years, you're going to punt Lovey Smith. I mean, he goes two and fourteen his first year. Ugh, terrible team. He goes six and ten this year. Shows promise. Shows a little bit of like stuff's happening right there. But maybe the defense just wasn't thought, as good as people yeah, thought it should that's be. That's what I thought. The defense wasn't very good. The offense was pretty good. The defense wasn't very good. He's a defensive coach, so it Punt. falls on him. Thank Get you. Him. And then Dirk Cutter. We'll see who they bring in a defensive coordinator. Uh, interesting there. Uh, Philadelphia hires Doug Peterson. Your boy. Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator. Can I've, you explain to me because you've you've explained the logic yeah. of this to me and why it makes no sense? It, well, it doesn't make sense to me because you know they got rid of Andy Reid three years ago. We're tired of his screen passes, and then we're not scoring any points. Blah blah blah. We don't like his offense. And then three years later, they hired Doug Peterson, who's running Andy Reid's offense. Who is his offensive coordinator? Yeah. So clearly, maybe and he doesn't even call the plays in Kansas City, so you can't even say. You know, is this them saying they made a mistake three years ago? Is this them trying to reclaim something from the past? Look, would you blame them? No. I mean, Chip Kelly went 10-6 and two years in a row. I mean, Doug Peterson, I like Doug Peterson. He doesn't call the plays, and he hasn't been a head coach before. Maybe that's why they like him, because he doesn't call the plays, so they're not really getting Andy Reid's offense. I guess, but somebody has to call the plays there. In theory. Uh, But it won't be him. (laughs) I guarantee he hires an offensive coordinator to run the show for him. Uh, and then the final one is Philadelphia oh, Eagles. No. Well, no, yeah, Philadelphia. Or, I'm sorry, just Philadelphia. San Francisco San 49ers. Francisco. Oh, I got. I just love. I see Chip Kelly. I think this Philly is the best. San, this the dumpster fire that is the San Francisco 49ers have handed the keys to the car to the drunk driver, Chip Kelly. So now you're now you're not on the Chip Kelly bandwagon, right? I. You know what? I think I think Philadelphia firing Chip Kelly was a mistake because here's the deal. It was either a mistake to fire him after one year, or it was a mistake to hire him 
uh, and give him all the reins of the GM ship. Okay, right. with Chip Kelly, if you're going, if you're going to give him a chance and say, "Take us to the promised land," you have total player personnel control, Chip Kelly. You have to let him do it for at least three or four years. And you have to basically tell him your job is safe for a minimum of three years. Build this thing. Make it work. You cannot give him the keys to the car and then after one mile say, get out. I don't like the way you're driving. You, know who, you have to commit to this guy. You know who doesn't have the keys to the car anymore? Chip Kelly. I mean, he has the keys to the car, but he doesn't get to buy the groceries. He does you know not get to buy. That's right. You're combining two. That's right. Okay. Okay. Thank He's you, the coach. Parcells. He's the coach. He does not get to pick the players. He does not get to pick the players, which I don't know. It's just like, to me, you, you can't give him that control if you're going to get scared after one year and, and punt it. Look, I, I, you think, can't I, do I think him going to San Francisco, this is like my new soap opera. <laughs> if there's a soap opera of the NFL, this is one I'm going to be watching. Can he be the guy to revive Colin Kaepernick's career? No, but it's going to be fun <laughs> making him try to do it. Well, they either have to cut Kaepernick or they have to ride him, but like if you cut him, isn't that a huge cap hit because they gave him so much money? It's like Jay Cutler in Chicago. I mean, You don't have a choice but to bring him back doesn't again. Doesn't that make sense, though? that's one of the reasons they would hire Chip Kelly is because they still think they see potential in Colin Kaepernick? It's the only through line that makes any sense whatsoever. And and, and is that maybe why Tom Sula got fired because he gave up on on uh, Kaepernick. I think Tom Sula got fired because he was the fall guy. He was the immediate replacement for Jim Harbaugh. Everybody knew the team was going to take a major step backwards and they didn't want to plan a full reboot. They needed like uh, who's that uh, Pope Ratzinger? Yeah, uh, he's they bring in an old, old, old pope for like two years who then retires and they bring in the hot young new pope as like a palate cleanser. Right. Jim Chansula was Pope Benedict. That's all I'm trying to say. <laughs> and now he's gone. He takes all the blame. They basically this is a very fresh roster. They've got but outside of the Kaepernick contract. They have money to spend. Look, they can absolutely do a ton of things. Here's the deal to make a Chip Kelly team from scratch. This team, Chip Kelly, went into Philadelphia with, with a lot of Andy Reid's players. Ten and six, ten and six. Did great. He ain't going no ten and you know to to speak frankly, he ain't going no ten and six next year in San Francisco. Right? I don't think that he is. No, he's going twelve and four. Uh, Probably yeah. not. No, this is a very. I don't see them winning more than six games. But you have to. If they win six games, that next year is a success yeah. for San Francisco. I will put it out there right now. But I have to understand that San Francisco is going to give Chip Kelly at least three years to get this thing right. You would think. You think he, they're committed to him. They're not just going to one and done him because that doesn't make but sense. I don't you know. Don't, you know you that, same, that. that same GM that had a problem with Harbaugh. What if Chip Kelly just rubs him the wrong way? It's possible, but uh, by all accounts, he doesn't do that to his bosses. Jim Harbaugh does that everywhere he's ever no, gone Chip to his Kelly bosses. Chip Kelly definitely rubs his bosses the wrong way. Does he rub his bosses oh, yeah. the wrong way? Oh, yeah, yeah, I haven't heard yeah, that. And okay. the players, yeah. Well, well, he definitely rubs the players the wrong way. Yeah. When DeMarco Murray wouldn't stand up for him, we all I mean, knew what was going on right there. Don't you think that's part of the reason he got fired? He, you know, he was still talking a lot. I just of, think I think that it was a knee-jerk decision. I think they he, freaked he out. Does, his social skills are weird. He has strange that's social skills. Yeah. Makes good for college, I guess. Well, I don't know. Well, it's good for college because you know they have no choice but to stay there. They can't like leave in free agency. There you go. And the Tennessee Titans being the last team, uh, no hired head coach just yet. I mean, they might be waiting for a Josh McDaniel to pop free. They've been interviewing Mike Malarkey and Doug Marone, who are both you know legitimate head coaches. I don't know if they're great head coaches, but I don't think Tennessee's a great team. Well, so who cares? You guaranteed to me it would be Terrell Austin. So. I, I, you know what? I left it out because I don't want it to happen. Terrell Austin <laughs> is interviewed for the Titans head coaching job, and honestly, he's probably got to look at it too. I think they got to go with somebody that's an offensive guy that can help keep developing. Marcus Mariota? Marcus Mariota. Uh, Josh McDaniel, please. Because the other rumor on the table, the new GM of the Detroit Lions, Bob Quinn, mm-hmm. who I don't know about yet. He's a Patriots guy. He's 39 years old. He's a young, up-and-coming guy who's been in a winning organization pretty much since they started being good in 2001. He's been there for the entire time going up the ranks. Bob Quinn's come forward. He's he's met with Jim Caldwell, the coach of the Lions, four different times and refuses to say for sure if he'll be back or not next year. There is speculation that Bob Quinn is waiting until the Patriots are out of the playoffs so that he can fire Jim Caldwell, punt the staff, and hire his boy, Josh Josh McDaniel, which... With Lane Kiffin as the offensive coordinator. Stop it. That is not even part of it. How (laughs) dare you? So he can hire Josh McFailed head coach disaster head coach of the Denver Broncos, Tebow specialist, Josh McDaniel, to be the new head coach of the Detroit Lions. Brent, I'm, I'm going to level with you. My fandom will be called into question if Josh McDaniel takes the reins of the Detroit Lions. I don't know how I can get emotionally involved in a team I think is immediately going to go in the toilet and stay there for a generation. I think. I don't know if I could take I the fall with that. I think you'll say that, and then when you guys, if you guys start out 2-0, you'll be like, he's a savior. I don't know about savior because I don't think this is a team that needs a savior. This is a team, if I may 
soapbox for a second. This is a team on the cusp of doing something very, very good next year. The schedule is extremely favorable. If they can keep Terrell Austin as DC one more season, Mm -hmm. everything's in place. I don't think Calvin Johnson's going to retire. They have money to spend. They've got key people in all the different places. It's all right there, ready to go. They've got a number 18 defense coming back. That's great. Before that... Number two defense in the NFL, historically good run defense, and they lost in Dominican Sue. Maybe they can fill the gap. Hello, Tinata was not the answer, obviously. Uh, Steven Tulloch was a shadow of his former self, and DeAndre Levy is coming back from a year long injury. And he was the, it, without DeAndre Levy, that offense went from two to 18. I'm hearing a lot of question marks, right? But I'm hearing a lot of answers, too. <laughs> and, the, and the other, the biggest question mark you also mentioned, will Calvin Johnson even play next year? He's not going to retire. And, but the thing with Calvin Johnson, if he chooses to retire and does it right now, that frees up almost $23 million of cap room for the Detroit Lions next year. The answer is, how do you replace Calvin Johnson? With two very good wide receivers. Wait a minute. I just got a, a pop-up on my computer. Yes. Uh, Calvin, I want to play with Chip. Wow. You know he what? Wants to play with Chip Kelly. Then let him go. <laughs> no. Uh, he's either coming back or he's not. Either way, the Lions have some cap room. Final. They're getting out from under these ridiculous contracts. I bet he wants to play with Adam Gase in Miami. So uh, That's not going to happen either. Thank you. It he's, might. Here's the deal. He's a Lion for life or he's not playing anymore. Are you, is, that that's a threat, it. is that a threat, Ray? Yes, because I won't okay. let him. <laughs> I will tackle him on his way to the field. Um, I would be very upset if the Lions hired Josh McDaniel. I think... To me, stay the course. You got to George W. Bush this one. We all know how well that went. I kind of understand what you're saying, but I feel like if you hire Josh McDaniel, that would be amazing. Oh, as a troll (laughs) who wants to troll the Detroit Lions, it would be the best thing of day of your entire life. That would be Bill Callahan getting hired at Nebraska, Rich Rodriguez getting hired at Michigan level troll. With Lane Kiffin. uh, (laughs) Stop it. The guy that got lost. Lost, didn't get on the bus after the national championship Nobody game. is even claiming even a little bit that Lane Kiffin is getting a job in the NFL next year. That is Brent making up, right now on the spot, Brent making up a rumor. Uh, that is Brent fantasizing about the best thing that could happen for the Detroit Lions. Oh, my gracious, yeah. Uh, in any case, that's the NFL coaching carousel right there. Really quick, L.A. Rams are coming to L.A. Mm-hmm. by St. Louis. Yeah. This new stadium complex in Inglewood starting in 2019 looks great. It's going to be amazing. It looks awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to, for it to be done. I'm excited as a Lions fan because the Lions are playing in L.A. Rams next year at the Coliseum. I'll get to go to my game, Brent. Well, you know, it's crazy. It's, 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 that'll be great. <clears throat> and if the Chargers come, then I can watch the Chiefs every year. Yep. Uh, what I find interesting is <clears throat> it's basically on the, on the grounds of Hollywood Park Casino. Yes, they're gonna they're gonna raise the uh, the, the 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 horse race horse I've racing track. I've played so many poker tournaments at Hollywood Park Casino. Yeah. Uh, I've you know I've been knocked out of the tournament by Jose Canseco with his stupid runner runner flush. It's kind of awesome though. It's a good story. Yeah, to it's have. a great story. That <laughs> uh, the, the, the uh, Jamaican rapper Ika Mouse also plays at Hollywood Park Casino. I heard that they're just gonna move the casino to another part of the lot. Well, you keep a casino on premises. Is the NFL gonna allow that though? I heard that it's going to be on this on the premises, but okay. not part of the stadium. Even if they do like a standalone building, you have to walk through I mean, a tiny little open they, hallway to get. They don't to. have a sports book in there. It's just that's a, the important yeah. thing. Yeah. So I'm very excited for uh, LA. To, do you think the Chargers are coming? Do you think the Raiders are coming? Or do you think nobody's coming? I think the Chargers would be silly to not come. I mean, the, I, it doesn't seem like San Diego is going to build them a stadium. But the San Diego owner hates the owner of the Rams by all accounts. Thinks he's a shady businessman, wants nothing to do with him, and does not want to be in bed business-wise. However, and this is the point that I heard brought up before that I think is very salient, when the L.A. Clippers, the least popular team in all of L.A., who were valued by Forbes magazine at about $700 million, when the L.A. Clippers sells for $2 billion Mm -hmm. just because they're in L.A., yeah. And the L.A. Dodgers get sold for, what, $1.5 billion, was it, right Something before like that? that. Yeah. Uh, a couple of years before, or a year before. An NFL team in St. Louis, what does that team sell for? $6 billion? Yeah, I don't know. A lot. $7 billion. The, how much does a team in San Diego sell for? Not look, that. Look, they're in business. They this would, team gains $5 billion of value just would, by moving two hours north. They would be in business in name only. It's like it's like having two silent partners of a store, and neither one of you have to be there at the same time. It's true. You know what I mean? It's true, but like, you just if you don't like the guy, you don't like the guy, and you don't want to be working with him 24-7. Okay, but, you know... Is that the hill you want to die on? You know what I mean. I don't. Well, here's the deal: if the Chargers have 12 months to do it to say they're coming, yeah. and if they say no, the Raiders 
absolutely will try to come, whether that gets voted acceptable by the NFL or What's not. What's funny is like nobody, literally, no, none of the owners wanted the Raiders to come. No, uh, thirty to two in favor of uh, the Rams guy coming in here, and not nearly as favorable for the Raiders. Do you think Al, the ghost of Al Davis had something to do with that? Do you I, think all the lawsuits against the NFL over thirty year period look, of time has something to do with here, that? Here's the deal, Los Angeles. We're stylish in Los Angeles. We do things big in Los Angeles. We do. Right? Uh, you can't have the Dumb and Dumber haircut, which the Raiders owner has. That gets an embarrassment. The, yeah. Come to L.A. Take that, owner of the Raiders. Yeah. Take that, Al Davis's kid, Mark that's Davis. Right. That's right. Take that. Your gravy train's over on the Raisin Brent podcast. That's right. You get no quarter here unless you'd like to buy us for a lot of money. That's right. Then we'll say good things about the Raiders every week. Yep. Guaranteed. We can be bought, ladies and gentlemen. Ray can. And me. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> uh, in any case, we'll be right back to wrap up the show after three seconds of David Bowie. Look up here. I'm in heaven. I've got scars that can't be seen. And that'll do it. That's our NFL show for this week. We'll be right back uh, next week. We're going to bring in some more topics. Like, this is just such a big-time NFL week with so much stuff going well, on. L.A. coming to L.A. getting football back and the Hello. playoffs. And, and the coaching one carousel. One of our teams actually in the playoffs It still. helps. It helps. Eight million coaching changes. you got to talk NFL in a week like that. And what's happening in baseball? Nothing. Cespedes uh, might sign with Baltimore if he accepts $90 million contract, everybody. Yeah, instead, instead of $150 million. He wants $150 million. He's not getting He's it. He's not getting it from anybody. I hope my Tigers and come in. And neither is Justin Upton. I hope my Tigers come in and offer him $100 million and that's good enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, that would be fine for me. I would love that. Yeah. Um, but in any case, we like to, hey, guys, catch us up with us on Facebook and whatnot. You go to Facebook slash, Facebook.com slash Ray Brent Podcast. You can hit us up on Twitter at Ray Brent Podcast. Or email the show, Ray Brent Podcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter individually. I am at Almighty Ray. I'm at Scoops Pope. And uh, that's the good stuff right there. We've got people we want to thank this week, Brent. We gotta thank the train wrecks. Gotta thank Jordan Monsell. Gotta thank Jeremy Buck and the Bang. Gotta thank Jeremy Buck and the Bang. Gotta do all those things. Monsell me some art, Jordan. No. I already bought my art from Jordan. I'm good. I'm covered for a year. Mm. Till next Christmas. I'm about ready to buy some more. What are you gonna buy? Uh how about this? How about if I make Jordan <clears throat> make a uh Kylo Ren and Stimpy? Uh that is terrible. That sounds pretty great. That sounds absolutely Adam horrific. Driver. Um, here's the deal. That's the kind of thing you would do for the cups at Steampunk. Kylo Ren, Stimpy. And then he says... Let people get it. Stimpy, you idiot. Hey, Ren. Those were two of the worst Ren and Stimpy impressions I've ever heard. At least I, really? like, your, I like your Trump. Really? If I was doing Ren and Stimpy, it'd be much better. Trust me. <laughs> See, that's good. I like that. Okay, cool. That wasn't good either. So, you know what? It was better than the Ren and Stimpy. You just got to work on that one. That's all. What about the Freedom uh, Freedom Girls, Freedom Singers? Do you want to talk about the Freedom Freedom Girls for a second? Because <laughs> I really don't want to. I'm you showed that to me right before we hit the air, and I'm upset that I've seen it. <laughs> like if you don't come from a place of strength, Brent, you'll get crushed every time. Yeah. Mildly horrifying. Over here, over there. When they're lip syncing the whole time, and there's weird synth in the background, but it's like a a 1940s like World War II hymn. You There's know, a lot to unpack with like that a, with that video. It's like a Nazi propaganda film. It was uh, very terrifying. Yeah. It made me scared for this country. Welcome back to politics at the Raisin Brent Show. That's right. Uh, guys, I don't care where you lie. Just don't vote Trump. <laughs> just do me a favor. I'll even accept any other candidate from any, uh, any party. I don't even care. I'll take Ralph Nader for at this point. You are... Don't go Trump. Not that... I'm, I want to throw our political affiliations out there. You're a big supporter of... Uh, Rick Santorum. I'm right? a huge Santorum supporter. That is correct. He's my boy, as the kids like to say. I'm a fan of the Sanctum Sanctum Santorum, which is a Doctor Strange's house in Greenwich Village. Okay, thank you. You'd vote for that for president? Yeah, we've lost, it's got we, mystic abilities. We've lost the rails completely on the show, and our intrepid <laughs> producer David Knowles telling us to wind it up. Shut up, Dino! You don't tell us what to do. We tell you what to do. Talent here, not talent behind the glass. Yeah. What are you going to do about it, David?